Welcome to The Deeper Podcast. I'm Pastor Doug Taylor, and I'm joined by Dr. Dave Vance, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church. Uh, here in Mansfield, Ohio, we have campuses downtown Mansfield on Park Avenue in Shelby, and we have a campus at the prison as well. So um, thanks for being with us. You know, on The Deeper Podcast, it's our goal to go deeper in God's Word and to grow deeper and life application. We're in a series called um, Echoes of Hope as we're leading up to the Christmas season, and we're going to continue to journey down that path. We're going to be talking about Matthew chapter 2. It's a couple years later after the actual birth of Jesus, but we want to talk about that. But before we get into that, I got a couple questions for you. Sure. I'm hearing that there is talk of a cruise, a crossroads cruise. Tell us about that. There is coming 2019, a big crossroads cruise with uh, with myself and my wife Allison and uh, our team and uh, we're excited about this opportunity to, to kind of get get away a little bit and refocus and re-energize uh, it will be uh, the dates of October 21st through the 25th uh, of 2019 uh, the cost is about three seventy three dollars three hundred seventy three dollars per person for an inside stateroom that's a pretty good price plus your um, airfare right well you have to pay for your own airfare so that's not included um, and then or drive. So yeah. Or drive down. It's uh, Port Cape Canaveral. And uh, we'll be taking the Royal Caribbean, beautiful Mariner of the Seas. And uh, we'll be heading to Nassau, Bahamas and Coco Cay, which is a private island by uh, by Royal Caribbean. So uh, all you have to do is, is pay uh, the, the fee to, to be on the cruise and then uh, get, find a flight down there or drive down there. And it should be a great time just uh, together as a church family, uh, reflecting, celebrating, having some fun. Um, soaking in the sun and uh, coming back with a little bit of bronze in October. Are you going on this? I am. My wife and I are going and uh, we'd love to have you be our guest uh, for the uh, Crossroads Cruisers in October. So for, so people that are listening or watching, what, what do they do to get more information? Yeah, a couple of things. You can certainly stop by the church office uh, and uh, or if you come to Crossroads uh, and go to the information center, there's all the information that you need. You can also go to our website, crossroadswire.com. All the information is available there. You can check, out, check us out on Facebook uh, it's one of our, our group opportunities, our events. And so if you go to the events on our, our Facebook page, you can also get all of the events. It links to our website there. And uh, we hope you'll sign up to be a part of it. Have you been to an ugly Christmas sweater party yet this <laughs> this Christmas season, Pastor Dave? I have already been to an ugly sweater Christmas party. And uh, I have in the past won an ugly sweater nice. Christmas party. So. Uh, sweater party. So I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow. We yes. have our staff ugly sweater Christmas party. We do. You've got an ugly sweater picked out? I do. I actually have one picked out. And the white elephant gift as well. Those are always fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, we want to kind of look differently, a little differently at, at Christmas. Um, sometimes, you know, the saying says familiarity breeds contempt or sometimes even apathy as we have been learning this story, celebrating Christmas. I mean, almost everybody in this country celebrates Christmas. Even people of other religions celebrate Christmas and church attendance skyrockets during the Christmas season. Everybody wants kind of a piece of Christmas, but sometimes it gets sort of watered down or we have that little bit of apathy at Christmas. So we want to talk about looking at Christmas with with fresh eyes. Um, 
Uh, Pastor David, what, is there something that you do as a family, a tradition you have that helps you and your family kind of zero in on the true meaning of Christmas? We do a few different things, um, and some of them are ironic, uh, not because we have to, but because it does help us to focus. We we actually celebrate Hanukkah, uh, which which is a f- the festival of lights that happens uh, around the time of Christmas, usually about a, about a few weeks before Christmas, it, it begins and ends. Uh, it's a, an eight day journey, and and we we love to take that moment and just really reflect. We we uh, read parts of the Christmas story. We reflect on the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, it's a little bit of fun as well. You light the candle. Every kid gets a little gift uh, each each night. So uh, we do that just for the historical. Uh, reality, not because we have to, not because of any religious. Uh, we're actually not Jewish. Uh, we're Gentile, but we celebrate just to remember uh, the beauty of what God has done for us and the light of the world that has come. Uh, we also do some Advent reading. So uh, I know right now we are, we are working through a book by Paul David Tripp on the Advent, and it's a really awesome opportunity just to kind of devotionally engage Christmas. And, and then we also begin Christmas morning by reading the Christmas story. Um, so if I think about all the traditions, you know, from Hanukkah, from an Advent uh, book, a devotional book, and then we, we come to Christmas at Crossroads, which is definitely part of our tradition. And then uh, we begin our Christmas morning by reading the Christmas story. We, we take turns as a family. Uh, we allow uh, each of our boys to take turns reading the Christmas story. So it, it's a great time of reflecting. It's fun, certainly, but it's also reflecting on the reason for the season. Jesus, how about you? Yeah, very similar. We, we've always read the Christmas story on, on Christmas morning there, and, and usually from Luke 2. I've done that since I was a kid, and, and I do that now with my family. And we just kind of love being together at Christmas time and certainly talking about the true meaning of Christmas. So it's sitting around, eating some good food, and, and sharing about, about what the Lord is doing in our life and, and how we're growing and talking about areas that we want to grow into in the new year uh, is a special time. Uh, what are maybe one or two other things, advice you could give for individuals or families to help them really focus in on the true meaning of Christmas? Uh, you know, I think it's real important. Uh, it's a great question. Probably uh, uh, novels could be written on it. Volumes could be written on it. It's the idea of pausing to really consider the reason for the season. You know, in the hustle and bustle and the, the, the necessity to get certain gifts and make sure the lists are done and checking our own list twice and uh, making sure the decorations are up, making sure that we've got food ready, uh, just to pause to really thank God. If I could just encourage you uh, to take time to reflect on what Christ has done. I think taking time to do that, you got to pause to do that. And, and then uh, I also think talking about the mess and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, in the midst of, especially Christmas morning, you know, people are opening presents and there's uh, a mess that's left after everybody eats. I think remembering that Christmas really is the result of a mess. And I know when I say that, some people are like, what does that mean that Christmas is a, is a mess? Uh, wh- what I mean is Christmas came because we're broken. God came because we're broken. And that God came in the messiness, uh, that he came in uh, the mess of a stable, in, in the mess of a barn, in, in the mess of having birth, uh, of going through the birth canal and coming in as a result of, of becoming a human, a baby. He, he, God came with a cry. And I think those, those messes really remind us of, of uh, the depth of the story, that this is not just all shiny, bright lights, exciting celebration, 
that the fact that God came really is is a reminder of the mess that we're in because of sin. And so I think reminding yourselves of that is really important. So for me, uh, that give, allows me to really reflect on the birth of Christ in its right context. Yeah. One thing we always did and, and that I like to recommend too is doing a, a birthday cake uh, for Jesus, for smaller kids. Having those conversations about why we're celebrating his birthday, you know, specifically, we celebrate your birthday, but we really want to celebrate his birthday and then what that ultimately means. Um, I'd like you to summarize the reactions that uh, from the characters that we've seen from, from Matthew chapter two. We see several characters and how they're responding. Um, King Herod, the chief priests, and the people of Bethlehem. Let's start with King Herod. What was his reaction to this news here? Yeah, we come to Matthew chapter two, and, and this is after, it starts by saying, you know, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, um, we, we, this is taking place after Jesus was already born. We see the reaction. Uh, it says that these wise men, first of all, come, and it seems that Herod gets his news from these wise these magi, and uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but these magi come, and they're looking for this one called the king of the Jews. So they believe the star has revealed a new king that's been born. And it says this in verse three, it says, when Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And the assembled, the chief priests and the scribes of all the people, and they inquired where this Christ was born. What we find here is, is a, a bit of irritation of conflict. The word in Greek is uh, terasso, which means uh, agitated. And so they were agitated at the news that they had heard. And then the response was, to try to find the answer. And so we see they were irritated. They were conflicted within them over this news that the king has been born. And, and the reason for that is because certainly that brings odds to the Roman empire. And Herod uh, certainly was in a hot seat many of times in his life over being kind of a governor and called a king, but really a governor over a region. And uh, Caesar, who was the ultimate king, uh, the emperor of Rome, uh, this would have been in direct contrast to him. And so this created some, some nervousness, some conflict in Herod and the people of Jerusalem. What about the chief priests? What was their reaction to this news? Yeah. The, I mean, their first reaction was to inquire, it says, to question. And then, and then it says they, they told him that it was uh, a Bethlehem. This, this child will be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And what's great about that is, is they're bringing out prof prophecy. So they're looking back in history and they're trying to connect the dots as to who this king would be. And it says the, this king, this Messiah, this anointed will, would be born in Bethlehem, uh, which was of the least of the clans, uh, the, the house of bread, as it's called, uh, a very small little city, insignificant. And that's where Jesus was to be born. And Matthew makes a really interesting twist by saying, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Meaning if the king comes from there, it's not the least of the clans of Judah. Right. And then what about the the people of Bethlehem, our last group that we see? How did they react? Yeah, as I said, verse three, they reacted just like Herod. It says uh, the king was troubled and all of Jerusalem with them. Uh, they were also conflicted about this news. They were stirred over the news that they had heard. Yeah. What did the Magi acknowledge about Jesus and what title did they give him? Yeah, the, you know, it's interesting when you read the story down, it says that, that Herod summoned these wise men. I think it's important to know, uh, we don't know much about these wise men. Um, 
we we don't know a lot of details. In fact, many have tried to nail down, are they kings? Are they magi? Are they astrologers? Are they really wise men? And, and probably all of the above could be could be true. Um, we know that in the book of the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter one, we find these uh, what were called magi and they were they were dreamers. They were astrologers. They studied the stars. They tried to interpret what was going to happen in the future. And uh, in fact, Daniel was considered one of them that he was able to predict uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And so we find that these magi were really trying to predict the future. And so we come down and we read the story and, and it says that they, um, they, they were searching diligently for the child and the king listened to their journey. And, and then we find that really the answer to your question, which is the title they give, they call him the king of the Jews. Where is this one born king of the Jews? And it says their goal is that they may come to worship him. And so it, it seemed that their, their track would take them on to find the answer to the, the stars, to see who this king would be, and then they would come to worship that king in order to make potentially peace uh, among their peoples, that this would be a people to welcome a new king and there would be peace on earth. So many believe the Magi were really focused on finding that peace. And you talked about worship. What did worshiping Jesus entail for the Magi? Yeah, this is the beauty of this passage, I think, here, Doug, because you go, go down to verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, so they leave Herod, it says, when they saw the star, a star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So the first thing we see is they were filled with great joy. And then in verse 11, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and they offered gifts gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, and I love this, this picture, and I think this is really important, is we find, first of all, they're filled with great joy. They're exceedingly glad. Secondly, they then fall down and worship. Uh, the result of what they see is this child who has been born king, and they fall down and worship. And the third thing they do is give gifts. And can I tell you, I really believe that is a picture of the gospel. Right, The gospel begins with an understanding of what God has done for us, and it fills with us with great joy, and it causes us, when, when God opens our eyes, opens our hearts, we see him for who he is, it causes us to be filled with great joy, and the result is we fall down at our, our face and we worship. We fall before him and we worship him, and then we get up and what do we do? The first thing we ought to do is offer gifts, and those gifts are for us today are service. We serve him. We live for him. We strive for obedience. We don't do it because we, we have to. We do it because we've been filled with wonder and awe and we've worshiped. And in essence, in these magi and the astrologers, we see a perfect picture of the gospel. Filled with joy, fall down and worship. They give gifts in, in celebration. And as we think about ourselves, the people that live in our homes, our families, or just our individuals, how can coming to Christmas at Crossroads help them understand worship and understand how to worship at Christmas time? Yeah, you know, I'm real excited about Christmas at Crossroads this year. We have six opportunities, um, and then we have two more opportunities at our Shelby campus on uh, on uh, December 23rd that morning at 8 and 10. Uh, but we have six services offered at our Park Avenue campus focused on the message of Jesus coming. And, and the, the title is uh, Lift Up Your Eyes. And the idea is when you understand what Christ has done, it, it's a change of perspective that should happen. And, and, you know, I think a lot of us, we, we have different perspectives of what we see in our lives. For some, uh, you're seeing heartbreak. For others, you're seeing confusion. 
uh, for some, maybe you have questions and you're just wondering about things. Um, maybe, maybe for you, it's fear. There's fear that's overwhelmed your life. Uh, you know, Christmas across Church, we put together a, a great program of worship, of message, of video, of story uh, that will remind us all that God has done to take our eyes from our circumstance and move them on to the one who has given us the answer. Yeah. It's, it's our prayer that at this Christmas season, you'd be able to use the gifts God's given you, the spiritual gifts and your personality and, and who you are. God can use that to help other people this Christmas season and help focus those around you on the true meaning of Christmas.